0: Five-Star Zone podcast with Rico Baird and the Big Ten Network's Howard Griffith. Welcome to another edition of the Five-Star Zone. It's rivalry week in the Big Ten, and a lot of trophies are on the line, plus a gigantic top-ten game happening in Columbus. It's Penn State's traveling to play the Buckeyes. For Penn State, well, things haven't been favorable, especially if you're James Franklin going up against The Ohio State Buckeyes, I believe he's 1-8. and He's 0-6 in his last six starts. But if you were ever going to beat the Buckeyes, I think if you're Penn State and you're James Franklin, this is the week, simply because there's a few factors. Penn State, number one defense. Ohio State, missing a lot of players. So it's going to be interesting to see how that's going to go on. So without further ado, Without further ado, let's just go ahead and bring my co-host Howard Griffith in for this. Howard, talking about Penn State and Ohio State and and really, Franklin, not having much luck against the Buckeyes. But if you were ever going to do it, this has to be the year that you can go out there and you can beat the Buckeyes.
1: Yeah, this is a year that um, I think he's going to, he kind of pushes it to the side. And he says that each game, it's its own, it's its own season. And this game isn't any more important than his previous games. He actually says that, you know, if it wasn't for the previous games, you know, we wouldn't be in this position where there's so much focus and so much importance on this game. But you you got to talk, think about, you know, how do you take the next steps, right? And And taking the next steps, you're beating everybody else, but where you've struggled is you know, whether it's top 10 teams or more specifically Ohio State and uh, Michigan. And it's about getting over the hump. And this is this is probably his best team that he's had. And you know, I, I think this is their opportunity. Michigan, Ohio State has questions, although they've been playing so much better. But this is this is a measuring stick game once again, I, and I don't know that it's any way, to 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 look around it or, or call it something different, at least from our perspective, looking in, when you talk about a team taking that next step to be, you know, one of the elite teams, they are one of the elite teams in this conference. But can they win the conference? Can they get to a Big Ten championship game? And as you mentioned, this this really looks like this is their their best team that they've had under Franklin.
0: Right, I mean, and if you look at Ohio State, Travion Henderson injured, Mayan Williams, uh, Chip Traynum, even uh, Abuka, there's a lot of key starters missing for the Buckeyes, a lot of playmakers that you already got the number one defense, and Ohio State is down to, like, the fourth string running back, and you're missing one of your future NFL wide receivers. I I mean, if you can't do it this week, Howard, I I just don't know what James Franklin has to do. Yeah, well, I mean, he's got to keep, he's got to stay after
1: it. I mean, it's it, things are gonna fall the way they may. I think, um, you know, first thing they've got to figure out, you know, from an offensive standpoint, when you think about uh, Penn State, is they've got to be able to slow that rush down. Last year, you know, <laughs> JTT killed them last yeah. year, um, and they've got to find a way to be able to neutralize him. And yeah, I know that, that Ohio State has a lot of injuries on the offensive side of the ball. But Stover is playing lights out and has been all year, and I'm not sure whether that's just a function of having a young quarterback, but he does an outstanding job of creating separation in his routes from the tight end position and and catching the ball. So he's become a a huge problem. And you look at Ohio State, this offensive line has not been great, right? They've played better, but they haven't been great. They've not proven that they can just go out and dominate a game, and this is gonna be a, a, a really good matchup between Penn state's defensive line and linebackers and this Ohio state uh, offensive line and their backs.
0: Yeah. And and speaking of the Ohio state offensive line, I mean, replacing two tackles that went to the league, their replacements. Well, let's just put it like this. Sometimes your worst enemy is yourself and they haven't lived up to Buckeye standards when it comes to the tackle position Pretty much got Kyle McCord out there taking a lot of unnecessary hits. And as I said, Penn State's going to bring that heat. Howard, is, I mean, am I oversimplifying Is saying if, if the Buckeyes can give McCord some time, that the Buckeyes can go out there and, and get this game done. But it simply comes down to, can Kyle McCord have time? Can he have time? And can he buy himself some time?
1: Because Penn State's going to bring more than you can block. It just, it's just a matter of when they're going to do it. But you know it's coming. So is he going to have the ability and the confidence to step up in the pocket, move to the right, move to the left, while still concentrating on what's going down, what's happening downfield as far as the route combinations are concerned? That's, that becomes a challenge, right? And, you know, I, I know he's, he's, he gained a lot of confidence and a lot of experience going into Notre Dame on that last drive. You know, you can't help but do that as a young player to to feel better about where you are as a player and how you led your team uh, to a victory. But knowing that they're going to be bringing that extra guy, he's got to be able to hold that ball for 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 a split set, second longer, maybe to get the ball out. Um, he can't put the ball in harm's way uh, and turn the ball
0: over. That's that's not a recipe for success for this team. It's not, and also Ohio State. Kind of like Michigan this year. Slow starts don't always start the quickest. Yeah. Your Penn State, your Drew Aller. I mean, we, it's been known. You know, people want to. I mean, Penn State to take some deep shots. They they haven't had explosive plays. I know that it normally doesn't happen this way, Howard. But just humor me for the listeners. Yeah. Is, is it something that I, I don't? I don't think coaches save plays. But if you were ever going to save some plays, some big-time plays, is this the game you break them out? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I think there's always things that you, you don't necessarily show. And I think it's, it's things as, as many schools have. They have certain periods that they work on, uh, whether it's a rival, whether it's a team that they have that, that they know that has given them some issues down the line. And, and they're starting to prepare for them showing teams looks. But I think you always have to have some wrinkles you know in your arsenal uh, that you want to break out that maybe the team that you're playing is more susceptible to than some of the teams in your previous weeks, so you bring you you bring those some of those things out. but I also think it's it's from from Penn state's perspective and and specifically James Franklin, I think they ultimately have to stay true to who they have been you know they they can't all of a sudden morph into this different team because they're playing Ohio State and this is on the line and we've got to do it now and it's now or never. I think they have to stay true to who they've been. And I think part of that, you know, comfort there is with Drew Allen, right? He He's not going to take the deep shot if it's not wide open. He's not going to take the shot. Um, you know, they're running the ball really well, but they haven't come up with that 20 plus, 30 plus yard run from these backs that we've seen them do in previous years. Um, But Michigan State, Michigan has been like that too. They're not putting the load, you know, on core or more Edwards. They're spreading this thing out. And I think Penn State is doing something similar to that fashion by keeping these guys fresh, you know, for the end of the season. Um, So it's, you have to stay true to who you are. And I think that's in games like this, when there's so much pressure on whether or not you're going to be able to, to be in the Big Ten championship game or you're going to keep your, your positioning for when the college football playoffs, when those rankings start to come out. You know, you can't get caught up in that. You have to stay true to who you are.
0: And I guess if you're right, if you're Penn State, true to who you are, you've been winning, you're kind of grinding it out, laying it on your defense, hoping that it could happen. Like I said, Ohio State missing a lot of pieces. Yeah. I, I look at this game, and honestly, I kind of wish that the networks had swapped them and put this one at night. <laughs> I think this is a primetime game. The primetime game is the Michigan-Michigan State game, which on paper at the beginning of the season, you thought, okay, yeah, this is going to be something big. But then a funny thing happened along the way. MSU loses their coach and the team kind of goes into a tailspin at Howard. I mean, you've been a player before. and For two weeks in a row now, they have had the lead in the fourth quarter. And man, they simply found ways to lose. How do you and now you got Michigan coming in who really doesn't care. They don't care that you lost your coach. They don't care anything about you. They just want to beat you. I guess how do you mentally prepare yourself knowing that a lot of things that you've done if you're the Spartans have been self-induced? Well, I think part of that's part of showing, you know, tape of the good things that you've
1: done. Right. And when you when you watch it, we talk about teams all the time, having to learn how to win close games, how to learn how to, to play with the lead. It, this is a process, and, and and yes, I know this is a, a different team or it's coached a little bit differently than they were maybe at the beginning of the year, but they still have to go through the process of getting over the hump, understanding that when you're watching a game, if something goes wrong, it's not a, oh, no, here we go again. And human nature says that that's what happens when – when something fluky happens that you haven't seen, it's like, oh, wow, here, here we are. But you have to be able to try to push through those things. And if they're self-induced, then it it's, comes down to making sure you're paying attention to detail, that you're understanding the situation that you're being in. And you have to make sure that the right players are on the field when it comes time for that. If it becomes a, a mental lapse, if it's missed assignments, missed tackles, you know, uh, you know, something fluky happens, especially you've got to be able to address that. And when it's self-induced, that can be that could be taken care of. You know, it's different when it's just physical, right? The the person across from you is just that much better than you, and you right. weren't able to handle it. I, that's not the case with Michigan State. I think it's more mental, and they've got to get through that part of it.
0: I mean, Howard, I I, I don't even know what it was like for you guys in the studio. I was getting ready for a wedding. So I'm, you know, like, okay, I think I should be all right. I go hop in the shower. It's 24 to 6. I get out the shower. What the heck just happened? How are you losing the game? I mean, I felt bad because the groom groom was a big uh, Spartan fan. And I felt bad because it was his day. And he was just angry throwing stuff. It's like, bro, calm down. You got bigger fish to fry today than this thing, yeah. but what I mean, what what was it like in the studio as you guys were watching this? Uh
1: I I looked at our <laughs> our stats guy, Harold Shelton. I said, bro, this ain't good. When I saw the, well, the kickoff deal, I, I this this ain't good, right? right. <laughs> and and the thought process was like, well, can they battle through it? Just what I described. Are they going to be able to battle through this thing? And, man, they, they just couldn't do it. And it's like something. I mean, what's happening here? And, you know, obviously we're not at practice. We're not in these meetings. But they, they've got to find a way to create their luck and be able to finish four quarters of football. That's, that's ultimately what it comes down to. They've got to be able to execute through four quarters. And if you don't do that, this is what starts to happen. You know, that little little bit of doubt. You know, you have one person let down on a play. You have something else go wrong on this play. And next thing you know, we put eight plays, eight bad – it doesn't take eight plays. You put five, six bad plays together, and clearly it's changed the outcome of the game. And they just got to keep fighting through, keep coaching, keep practicing. I mean, like you said, Michigan doesn't care. They don't care one bit. You know, it's about for them, you know, in their minds – they're looking at, hey, we have a chance of not just winning the Big Ten, but winning the national title. We have that type of team. And Michigan State is a bump in the road toward what we need to get to. So, you know, you might need to bring out the old, have the chip on the shoulder, right? Because nobody cares. <laughs> it's it's going to be about what, what Michigan State, in that locker room, how they can come together and be able to come out of there with a win.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, right now – the way things are looking, just talking to season ticket holders, you probably don't see a 50-50 type of stadium where Michigan fans have just flocked and bought up all the seats. Spartan fans, you know, they're kind of tapped out and cashed out of this game. If you're Michigan, I mean, you've had slow starts. I mean, against Indiana, you scored 52 unanswered points, but you scored all 52 in quarters two, three, and four. I got to think it's going to be a little extra motivation, a little extra mustard on the hot dog when you are coming up in the Spartan stadium. Cause I, at first I was thinking like, okay, well maybe, you know, they'll use just some of the things that happened with the tunnel, but you don't really have to use that this year. If you're Michigan, it's really as simple. If I'm Jim Harbaugh guys, don't overthink this. Just let's go out here. Let's get this done. Don't take the bait. You have everything to lose. They have nothing to lose. So don't get caught up in emotions I mean if I'm Jim Harbaugh, that's the message I'm giving to my team.
1: I mean, everything's in front of them. Right. And right. And, and when I watch this team play, right, they they look like they're having so much fun. <laughs> I mean yeah. they're executing it. I mean, you you look at the numbers and, and well, you can look at the numbers throughout the Big Ten. They're they're not individuals, they're not just great gaudy numbers like what's going on around the country. But that's a different discussion. But this is a team that just, I mean, they just keep coming at you. And, yes, you may get off a few plays, which you should. You're, you're going to make some plays. But when they dial in, when they make those second-half adjustments or second-quarter adjustments, whatever it may be, it, it becomes a, a very difficult team, physical team, and a team that understands how to execute. I mean, J.J. is playing really well right now. and. Yeah. Nobody's talking about him.
0: Yeah. Nobody's talking about anything. And, and he well, doesn't care. You know what? But Howard, I like the fact that he doesn't care because when you look at it and he's 14 for 17, well, you're not gonna put up Heisman like numbers just yeah. throwing the ball, and completing 14 passes, unless mm-hmm. you know each one of those passes for 50 yards. Yeah, but you're right, it's like they're comfortable in their own skin and just realize the Heisman is nice. Big Ten is nice. We've done. We need the bigger picture. Bigger picture is the national championship game. Right now, they're tied with Georgia as the favorites as of right now to win in Vegas to win the national title. And then there's like a big separation yeah. between those two and everybody else. Yeah, so I said, if you're Michigan, this is one of those games, and 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 you played Howard, so I don't know how easy it is. I'm just an outsider, but you got to tell your players. Don't fall for the, don't fall for the banana and the tailpipe. They're going to try to bait you into stuff They're You know, they're going to try to do maybe a little extra stuff. You have to stay focused. You can't lose your cool. You can't retaliate. You can't do anything. You're better than them. You got to go out there and, and be better than them. Yeah. And you know, the, the, the funny thing about that is you're absolutely right. You have to say that
1: as a, as a coach or as a position coach to your units, but this is the type of team that, that's, that's player-led, player-driven. Um, and, and I think that's one reason you know, I think you look at Jim Harbaugh and he seems you know, so confident uh, in this team and, and his coaching staff, right? I mean, he's just able to, to really look at the game a lot differently than he was looking at it maybe five, five six years ago. And and it really shows and and the leadership of this team they've done an outstanding job, whether it's in the weight room, whether it's on the practice field and that stuff just carries over. And that's the part when you watch these guys play, you know, they just, they they just seem happy out there playing and they know what the assignment is. They know what they need to do and they go out and execute. And it's just not, it's just not one guy that's, that's able to do it. I mean, you know, they, they have the right people that that they've recruited into that program and are buying into, you know, what the what the is expected from them as players, whether you're a starter or whether you're a backup, and, and it ends up show, it shows up. I mean, because this is yeah, they're they're playing really efficient and they they have fewer questions than, than most people out there. And I think you have to attribute that to the coaching staff that they have there, and obviously the players who should get the bulk of the attention and, and the praise.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I attribute the Michigan team. It, it's like the uh, the attack of like a boa constrictor, where they just slowly wrap themselves around you, and they just squeeze and squeeze and squeeze. And it's never like this big play, like oh my god, like when I when you watch a team like Washington play. Yeah, and they they kill you with the long passes. And all, Michigan you just kind of look up at the scoreboard and we're like weren't we just winning yeah what happened how, how, how are we now down 35 to seven we were just up seven yeah. nothing what the heck just happened I mean quorum's uh, it, it's they're so unselfish I love I mean quorum one game for 100 yards I mean this is you know he knows once again taking my name out the Heisman race but we're winning JJ. I don't even think he knows what a fourth quarter looks like because he's on the sideline kissing his girlfriend. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's it's so unselfish in watching this team play. It's the it's the night game. Uh, you know, I was talking with the Darian. I don't think it's a, that big of a secret. They're gonna break out the state's gonna break out their uh, shadows jersey, so they're breaking out their black jerseys for the first time ever. Because I asked him, and I gotta give Darian Harris. You know him. Yep. He gave me, because I was like, Darian, do you really want to do this? Do you really want to come out? Because chances are, things ain't going to go so well. And you know how fans are, Howard. Mm-hmm. Now they become the unlucky uniforms. And he was like, look, fans got to get over that. There's always next year for fans and alums and all of that. These players, the Trey Mosley's, he, he doesn't have a next year. Mm-hmm. This is for him right now. They want to wear this stuff. And people should just be supporting of that. I mean, afterwards, I mean, after the conversation, yeah. I'm just looking at Darian like I'm in the principal's office. Like, OK, OK, okay. okay. All right. that makes sense. I'm sorry, <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. I mean, so they're they're coming out there. They're going to be wearing the black jerseys. It's under the lights. We'll see what happens. I mean, I, I was telling my producer yesterday because he was just like, man, there's no chance. I'm like, well, I'm. I've seen enough sports to know that there's no such thing as the phrase you have no chance. Right. Because, you know, I I remember, you know, I think it was 2014, I believe, and it was Michigan, Ohio State. And Ohio State was like 26 and a half point favorites. The game was at the big house. Buckeyes bought up all the tickets. And Michigan loses the game, but Devin Gardner lost the game off a failed two-point conversion with no time left. Like, that game went totally against what everybody thought it was going to be. You're only hoping that it can be a competitive game, that in the end, everything stays on the field, nothing happens afterwards. You know, it's, it's, it's probably going to be the safest tunnel ever in the history of college football. You could probably have troopers on both sides and – you know, the band separating the two teams. But, I, I mean, if, if, you're, if you're sitting there and you're Harlan Barnett, I guess, Howard, what, what's your message to your team? Well, it, it, I think that's part of it. And you kind of asked
1: me this a little bit earlier, but, but I'll answer it this way. Control the controllables. That's, that's your effort. That's your actions. Um, that's, you know, your ability to be dialed in. It's it's no shame in saying yes. We know how good this team is, even though they're they in state rival. Right I mean, but, but you have to acknowledge players. Players aren't crazy. They're watching the tape too, right? Right. So if you stand up in front of them and say this team is not good, they can't do this. They can't. Yeah, they're like, what's this dude talking about? So embrace the challenge, and and, and I think that's one of the thing. Coach one of the things Coach D'Antonio did a great job of, embracing the challenge, embracing the underdog. Uh, mantra and understanding you need to handle what you can handle, right? So if you know you can't turn the football over, hello? (laughs) (laughs) It's not, it ain't that hard, right? Uh, Fumbles are going to happen, intercept, those things are going to happen, but come on. You you know that if the best situation we could be in is not giving, you know, Michigan a a short field because that defense will, will take the ball away, and you know they're gonna make plays defensively. So as long as you can, you know, flip the field when you need to, uh, get really outstanding special teams. You got That's got to be a big part of it. Matter of fact, you have to win special teams. You have to, because yeah. chances are you're not gonna win both offense and defense. No. So you need to be able to count on the special teams. And again, that that's more about effort and, and execution. And then, you know, if you get an opportunity to make a play, you've you got to be able to make it because they're not going to – this Michigan team, if they make a mistake, chances are they're not going to make it again. So you're not going right. to be able to come back. You, you, if they turn somebody loose in the secondary, you better connect because chances are it's not going to happen again where you're going to get that same look. So when you get that shot, you've got to be able to take it
0: and take advantage of it. No, you're right because I said, I mean, if I'm Harlan Barnett – I mean, this, this is one of those games, let's go down swinging. Let's yeah. let's bring the heat on defense. Don't know how many times we actually going to punt the ball. Field goals can't help us. You can't beat Michigan kicking field goals. Yep. You're going to go for it, and you, you're going to take your chance. And it may end up that it may bite you, but I just think that this is one. Sometimes when you play teams that are better than you, you just have to take extra chances and kind of roll the dice to see what's going on. Yeah, yeah. But I will say this, oh, I can't end it, because there was a certain team that went into Maryland, into College Park, and got the W as the clock hit zero. Right. Big props to your boys, Howard, Illinois, Coles, and Maryland, a team that was on the rise, took that game and was like, okay, Mm -hmm. Illinois. I have no idea who's the best team in the Big Ten West. It literally is week to week, but I got to give your boys some credit. They went on the road and got it done. Yeah. You know, we were so much of the week
1: coming into to last weekend, the talk was really about Maryland. No, really all year, because we all kind of thought Maryland was the, the fourth best team. And is this the year? This is Loxley's best team. Can they take that jump, right? kind of like we're talking about with Penn State being able to take that jump. And, you know, they go out, they lose Ohio State, they play them well early, and then the game gets away. The question then became, okay, if they're as good as we think they are, they won't lose to Illinois. You know, they'll come back, they'll regroup, right. they'll handle their business. If they truly are, you know, the fourth best team in the East, they should be able to do that. But they didn't. Right? and And Illinois hung around long enough to to be able to you know kick that field goal at the end and come away with the win. But this is an Illinois team that that's really been, you know not very good this year at all. No. You know there was a team that was based that you thought they'd be able to control the line of scrimmage uh, offensively. It kind of looks like Chase Brown was kind of like the Walker of a few years yeah. ago that really hit a lot of the deficiencies of that offensive line, uh, and, and they weren't, they went out and ran for 21 yards. They came back against Maryland and ran the ball much better, but going into that game, I think because of what happened in the previous week to to Illinois, Brett Beal was more like, this has really got to be about us. I mean, this can't be about anybody else. We're supposed to be good. Why are we playing so poorly? So it was more, I think, looking inside and trying to to a better job of execution, because they've been turning the ball over too. I mean, they, I mean, every time you look up, ball's going another way, uh, and, and that's been a problem for them all year. So you know, they kind of minimized that. They were able to get some, some big plays uh, from the quarterback in the run game. Uh, they ran a true freshman out there, Fagan, who was able to have some success running the ball. And then defensively they they made enough plays on that side of the ball. And and I think they've probably been playing much better defensively. It's really been the offense that has been putting them in a, a tough spot. And they've had some special teams issues as well. But it, it it's one of those things. Now, right, as well as they went on the road and were able to beat Maryland, right. you know, they've got to be able to, you know, really be able to build on that. But it goes back to this. You talk about the West, you're talking about Iowa who who <laughs> Here's what we talk about: winning three phases. You know, Iowa's gonna win special teams and right. defense. So you know, it's tight games. Just sitting there, like, how in the world are they winning games? All goes out of the game. Uh, they lose him. They've lost, you know, two of two of, in my opinion, the better tight ends uh, yeah. in in this conference um, uh, this year. And and just the production that they have not been able to to get out of that offense, but still find ways to win games. This thing is just – it's wide open in the West, and you just – you don't know who's going to win it.
0: And and pretty much, yeah, you're right, because you just – I don't know. Because I guess if I had to put money on it, I would say Iowa. Uh, The unfortunate part is I don't think whoever represents the West is going to help out the East team as far as seeding in the college football playoffs, Mm -hmm. because that's just a game where really – it's a lose lose. Like mm-hmm. there's nothing that you can gain from it except losing the game. Like if you win, you were supposed to win. You got to win by a lot because yep. that's Iowa. Iowa brings great defense, good great special teams, but you're right. Looking at it now, if I had to put my money down on it, I would say Iowa. But you know what? Ask me next week. Because <laughs> it could be a totally different team. Yeah, I want to finish this up with this, Howard. Yep. Leaving the Big Ten. Uh, Are we starting to see, the, I guess, the downside of too much fame too fast in Colorado, where at the beginning of the season, Deion could do no wrong. He walked on water. And then Friday night, they lost a 29-point lead to a Stanford team that really had no business on the road beating them. They, they lost it in double overtime. I, f- I forgot the receiver's name, who literally caught the ball on Hunter's back and then said, let's moonwalk into the end zone in that first overtime. But now uh, it, I'm starting to see a little bit of blowback. Is this just too much fame too fast for Dion? You know, I don't know if it's
1: too much fame too fast. If you, when you say, say Deion, right? I mean, this is, this is the world he's, he's not only lived in, but thrived in. Whether he was doing television, whether it was football, now it's the coaching side of it. But uh, we were having, I was having this conversation uh, with Nicole Arbat, Uh and what's interesting is you, as a coach, you tell, you're, you're constantly telling your players, we need to focus, we gotta focus on the small things. Don't let the outside distractions get to you. But when you think about Colorado and you see just it's just so much attention, right? And it's, and it's not just media driven as well. I mean, it's the det- uh, attention that they're getting on their social media platforms. It, right. It's it's everywhere. So you do have to, I I think, look at okay, well, is it too much for the players, right? Because the attention is everywhere. So I don't think it's I don't think it's Dion. I just think it's a byproduct of Man, this thing, it it took on a life of its own. It probably, I mean, talk about college football games played this year. I would not be surprised if Colorado has, you know, at least two or three of the top most viewed games this year. No, And it's it's because of everything that surrounds them. And they're an exciting team to watch. But it's like many things. uh, People went to sleep and woke up and found out they lost (laughs) but but i just think it's i think it's a process that they have to go through and continue to go through and but i just i wonder i wonder about the immense amount of attention with all the nil deals and i know it's just a handful of people but it's it's still you know it it still trickles down to everyone else that's on the team so you know, I think that's something that they have to continue to to guard against and manage as one of the other things they have to during during the week, during the year, uh, to keep their guys as dialed in as possible. And for a team that spends so much time or that, that has so much attention in on the social media platforms, which coaches can't control, True. It, it's got to be one more thing that, you know, they have to continue to talk about from the front of the room and and what dion has been able to do listen he's he's been able to motivate players he's been able to motivate people for a long time he's done that and we've watched it happen out of colorado uh this year but he i think he just has to continue to do that and continue to monitor you know just how much outside influence may be infiltrating and getting into his program to make sure that they can stay dialed in to everything they need to 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 win the football games. Cause that's what they, that's what it comes down to. I mean, they right. had all the hype because initially because of Dion, then they won football games. So now that was multiplied. Now they're, they've lost some games and people are starting to the, the haters are definitely yeah. coming out to uh, show their pleasure in, in seeing Colorado go down the way they went
0: down particularly last weekend. Hey man, I, I'm with you. I woke up to a bunch of text messages it's twenty nine. It was twenty nine. Nothing. Yeah. I'm following the game. I'm at uh, Michigan State's Midnight Madness for basketball. Honestly, I forgot the game was even going on. And I'm like, why are y'all tripping over this? And I'm going through the text. And I was like, wait, they lost? How? I had to go back and find the game. It was like, wow. Yep. Wow. I, and I'm sitting there like, man, that's quite a quite a meltdown. And but until I like 24 hours later, I watched. Yeah state lose a lead in six minutes and 27 seconds. Yeah, I mean, they went from 24 to six to 27, to 24. And hey, they still yeah. college students. <laughs> I know. I know. They I mean, know. Anything, is anything could happen. I know. Hey man, we'll, we'll see. So James Franklin, does he get it done this week? Does Penn state beat Ohio state, man.
1: I, as we talked, I, I think this is their best opportunity to do it. Um, Ohio State, as you mentioned, has some players that, that are down and, and, and not, not part, may not be participating, so that could hurt them. But this is a talented roster. I think it's still hard for me to think that Penn State can go into Columbus and come out of, with a win. because I, I think yep. that they can do enough. I mean, they are good enough. It's not, this isn't just an average team. They have questions. But I think they can – if they can find a way to protect the quarterback, they being Ohio State, and don't turn the ball over, I think they can come away with a victory. But if if that defense, Manny Diaz and that defense, which I think is much better uh, than – than I think they're getting a lot of credit for, you're going to see some dynamic pass rushers out there. I think Abdul Carter, uh, number 11, it, it can have a breakout performance, rushing the passer as well. But I still think Ohio State at home, I'm just not ready to throw it in. Although I've said consistently this summer, going back to the summer that I had Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State. I always had Ohio State third, but I would not be surprised at all if they come out of this thing with a
0: victory and probably expect them to do so. Howard, appreciate your time once again. It's Howard Griffith, BTN. You can see him on Saturday mornings, but pregame. And as he sits there and watches my team melt down too as well. Howard, uh, we'll be back next week. I'm hoping, you know, I'm representing, as you can see. Yeah, I see it. I, I, now, that, now that I'm looking, we both kind of are. Wait, a minute. I know. <laughs> you know what? Make me proud, boys. That's all I ask. Just make me proud. Close. For Howard, I'm Rico. Thanks for watching. Keep watching, like, and subscribe in the five star zone. We will be back next week. Howard, I'll see you then. All right, buddy. Take care. Have a great week. I see you. you too.